Welcome to Make Better, your go-to quick fix for all things podcast advertising. If you're not obsessed with the podcast ad space like us, well, this show's going to suck for you. If you are, well, then buckle up your seatbelts and get ready to dive in with us. My name's Adam, and I'm the VP of Marketing at Adopter Media, a podcast advertising agency. And I'm Amelia, the head of marketing at Podscribe, all things podcast ad attribution, verification, and research. Each episode, we're slicing through the noise to bring you the juiciest tips, the coolest strategies, and the sneakiest of secrets from the world of podcast advertising and the experts who lead our industry. So strap in and get ready to amp up your podcast ad game. Because Amelia, why would we make good when we can make make better? better? Welcome to another episode of Make Better. And my theme for this episode is to throw a bunch of KPIs and terms at you and have you talk through what they mean, why, what they are, how they're related to the industry. Um, and yeah, just just teach me a thing or two, really. Sure, I'm excited. That sounds fun. We are going to be throwing a bunch of terms, a bunch of podcast-related terms, KPIs, and verbiage at Adam. And he's going to walk through what they are, what they mean, why they're important, how they're related, so that I can learn and our viewers can learn um, and all of that good stuff. So Adam, anything you wanted to share before we dove in? Any interesting life lessons or podcast-related things you've stumbled across recently? It's 2024. We're in a new year. Q4 is closed. We are in Q5 slash Q1, depending on what kind of a brand you are. It's an exciting time of year. And I'm very excited. This is what I think will be a very unique year in podcast advertising. And I'm really excited to see what happens. Well, with that in mind, I've got a list of terms, podcast-related terms, that I, again, would love you to go through the definitions, what they are, maybe any examples that you come up with to help Mm -hmm. sort of like round out you know, um, how we can understand them. Um, and then I've got a couple of KPIs that you in particular use all the time to measure performance, to optimize and to see how your buys are doing that I think even sometimes I'm a little fuzzy on. Um, and and I know, you know, whether all advertisers have access to, to see these or whatnot, they're important KPIs that, again, I know you in particular use um, to really improve performance. So let's start out with the terms, if that's cool with you, Adam. Let's dive in. All right. So what the heck is a host read ad read? I mean, it's Implied in what it's called, it's a host read. So the podcast is typically hosted by a creator like us. So if Amelia and Adam, we host the Make Better Podcast. And if a brand contracted us to read an ad for their brand, and it's you or me voicing that ad, it would be a host read because we are reading the ad. In some cases, there's a producer read. So someone behind the scenes who works on the podcast might read the ad instead. And so that wouldn't be a host read, it'd be a producer read. And sometimes there's a third category called a produced read which is a read that has been pre-produced by the brand that then is sent as an audio file to the podcast to then be inserted into their episode. And that would be your classic, like almost like TV commercial style Mm -hmm. spot with jingles and bells and very brandy sounding. Okay, so there's really three different types of like ad reads. Mm -hmm. It's host read where it's read by the host. It's more of that influencer style thing. Joe Rogan comes on, talks about his, you know, this hydration company and you buy it and you love it because you trust him. Then there's producer red, um, which is basically where it's it's not the host necessarily. That's probably the unique, unique difference. It's pre-recorded. Yeah. But you were saying that the caveat there can be that there's producer from the network side where they have their own thing and they'll, you know, do the thing. And then there's the other version where it could be from the brand. So maybe they have their own set like recording that they just want to insert into the podcast. Yeah. And you could call it a producer read or like an announcer read. Mm. Uh, So for example, there is a show, I'm trying to remember a show off top hand that would do this. I believe the morning wire through the daily wire does this where it's not the host that read it, but it's an announcer of the show that reads it. So 
Maybe the person who does the intro to the episode or whatever it is, but not the actual content creator in the content Mm -hmm. is the one who does it. So sometimes can be someone that's a little bit familiar to the listener where they kind of know the voice or have heard the voice before. Or if it's a network, for example, and it's a network that is a very branded network, say it's Betches or Dear Media, and they know it as a network, there might be one voice from Dear Media that does Mm -hmm. all the ads for all of their shows that would still be like an announcer or produced read rather than a host read. So there is a little bit of nuance to it. But yeah, generally speaking, yeah, you hit the nail on the head. Okay, great. So three real types. But the main difference is, is it read by the host, the influencer that puts on the show, or is it not? And then if it's not, it could be done by the brand. It could be done by the network. It could be done by the announcer, all that great stuff. Okay, cool. So then on that topic, there's a couple different ad insertion types. And I think these are the ones where, again, the nuance is in the nuance, you know, especially for podcast advertising. Everybody throws around these terms. Um, And so I want to hear your perspective on them. How what other ways they could be called and how they sort of, you know, tie back into the actual ad rate type. So embedded and baked in. Let's start with embedded because I I think a lot of people use embedded. I think a lot of people use baked in. I've heard people say they're both, but I also know that there might be some caveats to each. So in your mind, what is an embedded ad? To me, an embedded ad is an ad that is embedded into the content itself. So it is typically tied to the audio file and very similar to like a baked in ad. It can be inserted afterwards and then left in the episode, but embedded typically means it's tied to an episode similar to baked in. The difference is, is an embedded ad can usually be done in my opinion. And again, this is where everybody has their own terminologies that they'll use. But for me, if I hear the word embedded, it means that they have the luxury of being able to remove that ad at a later date through the technology of dynamic ad insertion. Whereas a baked in ad is actually tied into the audio file of the content. So if we were to record an episode, And we pass it over to our editor and we give them an audio file and say, hey, can you stitch this in into the audio file? And we upload now one major audio file to our podcast publisher, say Megaphone, and it's not distinguished as like an ad or anything. It's just part of the content that would be baked in. It is stuck in the episode and it would take a lot of effort to take that down, edit it and re-upload it. Whereas an embedded ad, it's a lot easier to pull the ad out, edit it, swap it whatever you need to do with it. So that okay. would be the major difference. And and I think the best terminology replacement would be like baked in or faked in. Baked mm-hmm. in and embedded would be kind of the the typical terms that most people would use for saying the same thing. Okay. The faked in ad is kind of like baked in. It's tied to the episode, but it's using DAI tech to be able to put it in and pull it out. Okay. And so with that in mind, because faked in was going to be another one I ask you. So baked in, it's in, embedded. It is embedded into the episode, but you're saying it's usually done in a way that like is going to be harder for it to remove. So theoretically, when when people are talking about running baked in ads and, and they're seeing their performance there and stuff, they're talking about something that is going to live on in the podcast for Forever. theoretically ever. It's an evergreen. It's in there. So for instance, when we're reviewing simulcast stuff, right, and we're watching the YouTube of, you know, Joe Rogan or something, and he comes on in the middle of it and he pulls up the product, that would be like baked in, right? It wasn't, it wasn't yep. like break to the thing. It was like, no, he was in the middle of talking and then he was like, all right, let's jump to our sponsors. And he's sitting there at the table, same episode, same sort of recording, and he's pulling up caraway pans or whatever and is talking about it. So that in your mind is like an example of what baked in yep. would be. Yeah, okay. YouTube is like the greatest example of baked in, but there's also a second layer of baked in that's even a little bit more baked in and that would be what we call a live read. Where if Mm -hmm. you and I were talking like this and then we go, oh, ah, Amelia, we need to thank our sponsors and we haven't cut from the content. It's not trimmed out or anything. And we just jump right in right now and say, today's episode, we want to say a huge thank you to our sponsor, whatever it is. And so that would be a live read. And so that's a little bit different, but still it would be in the category of baked in because it's stuck in the episode forever. Okay. Because it's a part of the content. 
from a buyer perspective, when you're talking with a host, yeah, I'm, I'm an advertiser and I want to go buy on the show. I'm working independently and I'm just going to contact them about running some ads on their show. What options? Can I, can I request a live, live read? Or are they going to say you can do dynamic or you can do embedded or you can do producer or you can do host? Like where, where do those things fall into place from like a, here's what you should know to inform, you know, how you can actually go and buy on these things and what offerings the publishers actually have? I think most brands and buyers typically have a preference of what they like to buy. I like to buy faked in or baked in ads where possible. It's just what I'm familiar with. It's what I know well. It's what I know works well for our clients. So typically, if I know what I want, I will go and look for those things. But usually when you talk to a show, I like to ask them, like, how do you do your ads? And mm -hmm. every show is going to have their system that works best for them. And it may not align with what works best for you as a buyer. And so sometimes you have to adapt to them or just say, ah, probably not a good fit for us right now. But usually it's hard to get the creator to change what they're doing to fit what you're doing, unless you were offering them a substantial amount of money that would make it, it would make it very worthwhile for them to make the switch. Or to okay. But have you like, have you ever been given the option where it's like, I want this to be in a, a ho you know, host read, baked in, embedded, live read, like, it, or are those things that the publishers might, like, could, do you have that level of control from what you've seen? Or have you ever done that where there are those sorts of package offerings that go in a little more detail outside of just it's dynamic or it's embedded? Yep. Yeah. You can definitely ask for those things and you can push for that and you can, Everything's a negotiation. It's a conversation at the end of the day when you're talking with a podcaster. It's you trying to make the best fit with the brand and with the podcaster that makes the most sense for both parties. And sometimes that gets to a really unique integration or a unique negotiation point. For example, we work with a brand called Zbiotics, and Zbiotics is a pre-alcohol probiotic. And they would do fantastic on some shows that consume alcohol on their podcast as being a pre-roll integration live in the content that they take a drink of their Zbiotics before they start drinking whatever cocktail they're drinking during the episode. That's a unique negotiation point for us to focus on. And sometimes we make that ask to a show when they normally have never done that before, but that's something that we say, this would be a great idea. And they lean into that. And so it's always a conversation that you can bring up. Some people are very, you know, stick in the mud. They have their way of doing it and they don't adapt. And other people are very flexible. And it really probably comes down mostly to money and leverage and yeah. whether or not there's enough in it for the podcaster to want to make a change that is drastic or uncomfortable for them. On that topic then, so the two ad reads, host read, producer, then there's like two types of at the actual ad insertion and it's embedded, which can fall under baked in where it's it's stitched in, but maybe it's also a live read. I was gonna say baked in and dynamic would be the, the two categories, probably as the umbrella terms, baked in would pertain to like baked in ads and live read ads. And then under dynamic, you can do faked in and all sorts of other things. Sorry. So, but Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, so that's great. Okay, so baked in and then dynamic. And then embedded falls under the category of baked in. There could be maybe... Well, under the category of dynamic, actually. Because uh, it's through dynamic ad insertion technology that allows you to do it. But then there's two types of ads. So there's two different types of delivery. There is dynamic and baked in. Then there are two types of ad models, which are impression-based and episodic. Okay, so, so let's talk about dynamic then. So DAI, right? Dynamically oh, inserted ads or dynamic ad insertion. DIA or DAI, same thing. DAI, DIA, dynamically inserted ad. I mean, it, it's, it is what it sounds like, right? If the ads are inserted dynamically. What, what does this mean to you? Like, what is DIA? So the fundamental of the technology is that in your publisher platform, so say it's Megaphone, you can put a marker into your podcast episode. This is the most simplistic form to explain that basically allows you to attach a new audio file to that point, which will cut it into the episode at that point. 
And it could be an ad. It could be whatever you really want it to be. But most of the time it's for an ad. And that allows you the dynamic opportunity to add in a different ad file. You can send different ad files to different listeners. You can send different ad files to specific episodes, or you could set it to go across all the episodes, wherever you put these markers in your episodes. There's a whole bunch of gears and widgets and dials that you can turn to adjust how these ads are delivered or how these markers are then put out there. But the premise of it is that you are putting a marker in your episode that then the platform is able to dynamically change what audio file is there within an episode that is already published. Mm, okay, you can so change like, it after the time of publishing. Okay, so for targeting, for geo purposes, right? I'm I'm a publisher and this advertiser that I'm working with, they want to reach the audience part of theirs that are is in Oregon and is between the ages of 25 and 60. And so that means that those people are going to get that ad. But let's say the rest of the, po- the, the listenership or a different demographic might get another one. So you have the ability, like you said, to dynamically insert mm-hmm. faith on a number of different criteria. Yeah. Okay, interesting. And, and, and you'll notice that too, as a listener sometimes, for example, I live in Canada. Uh, I listen to a podcast called Dungeons and Daddies. It's a D&D podcast and I love it. And I get ads all the time for audible from them as well as for cozy it's like a modular furniture company and it's always canadian targeted language that they use within the ad itself which is really unique to me because i rarely ever get that and that's a dynamically targeted ad to a canadian listener they're not a normally canadian targeting show so i know for a fact that most of their ads do not say canada specific so it's a dynamically inserted ad for me okay interesting all right so you'd mentioned episodic and impression based. So this is where I think like the industry can be really confusing because, you know, I I feel like I know every single one of these terms and I'm still figuring out like where they fall under the umbrella. Okay. So we've got ad read types and we've got ad insertion types. I had said host read, producer read, and then I said baked in for CAI. You had mentioned this episodic versus impression based. Do you think that that actually falls above them and then it's so it's impression based and episodic and then it's like is it dai is it baked in is it programmatic or do you think those sort of things live in like the same sort of tier or part of the branching tree this would make for such a great like flow chart i know um, I, that's what i'm like, trying to like visualize in my mind right now and i and, think I will and it gets it. a little bit complicated because it's a series of yes and no questions so first off if it's impression based it has to be dynamic There is no way to do an impression-based buy that is baked in. It just does not work. When we typically use, or I will say when I use the term impression-based, what that means to me that you are buying a set amount of impressions that on the back end of Megaphone, you are saying, I am going to buy 100,000 impressions on this show. Now that can take form in a couple different ways. You could set that to get 100,000 impressions delivered for a week across all of the episodes. You could get 100,000 impressions delivered to specific episodes across the show, or you could get it to deliver to specific users that listen to whatever X episode. For example, let's say um, Chris Williamson has a really big episode that he interviewed Andrew Huberman on, and it has millions of people coming through. Maybe I want to just buy that one episode, but 100,000 impressions of it regularly to hit just a North American audience. You could make that happen if you really wanted to under the right platforms and circumstances. There's ways to do this. Um, But then there is also faked in that can be done, which is a form of episodic buying. And when we say episodic buying, it means that you are typically buying ads in one episode. You're buying it tied to a particular episode. And that would be more traditional forms of buying closely related to baked in, but typically termed as faked in or embedded because you're buying it tied to an episode. It can be dynamically inserted but it is tied to usually the newest episode or like an example like the Andrew Huberman on Chris Williamson, 
you may want to buy ads on a particular old episode that mm. is very contextualized to what your product offering is, which some brands like to do. Okay. So I'm trying to categorize in my mind. So there's ad read types, right? Like what, what is actually being read and how it's being read. There's ad insertion types. And then, which I think I'm, again, is it episodic? Is it impression? And then there's this impression in episodic. What, what would you call it? Like impression in episodic when you're trying to categorize those and all of the different nuances? Is that, is that an, and the ad insertion type? Is that the buying type? Is that the cadence? What, what, what category does that fit under? I would call that probably more the ad delivery type okay. of how the yeah. ad is being delivered. Is it impression based across the catalog or is it delivered in one episode? Ah. Um, Beautiful. You might have just solved all the problems of the industry. We have the read, we have the insertion, and we have the delivery. All three of those and how they interwork within each other. Yeah. And, and it would make for a really good like flowchart, which would be, you know, the series of like, you know, are you ready to start podcast advertising? Yes or no? No. Maybe come back to the top. You are ready. <laughs> and the second question, yes. Okay, great. Do you want to host to talk about your product or do you not want to host to talk about your product? Great. Okay. Well, here's, and, and it would flow you down the chart of the series of yes and no questions. Do you want it inserted across all of their show or not all of their show? Great. Well, now do you want it baked in or faked in? Do you want it to just be there for 90 days? Do you want it to be there forever? Do you want it live integrated? And it would be a series of yes and no questions that would then tell you at the very end, this is what you were asking for. You were asking for a live read, baked in, episodic, and all, here are all the terms that fit that, that bill. Oh my God. It's, we need to build it's this a mess. Oh my God, we need to contact BuzzFeed and have them do one of those like quizzes, you know, for us that like has all the mapping. I, I love that. Okay, but that already really, really helps because I think, you know, like embedded and DAI and all these terms sort of get thrown around. And like, I, I, I you know, I think a lot of us understand them high level. We know like DAI is not the same as, you know, um, baked in, but to like understanding where they fit. And then again, how how they contribute to the negotiation, the strategy and whatnot is, it's confusing. Mm -hmm. Okay, Very. all right. So impression and episodic, I think we go, we get those. So that would, that's basically the delivery of it. So like the delivery, meaning it's not how the ad is inserted, but it's like how it's being distributed. So is it reaching mm -hmm. all of the episode? Is it reaching 50% of a certain episode? Is it reaching 50% of a certain just listener base across multiple episodes? Is it going to be in every is single it across multiple shows even? Mm -hmm. it, can be, it can be a run of a network and mm -hmm. that is a form of impression-based buying as well. Or it's a pre-produced read typically that then is inserted across multiple shows. So maybe it's make better and it's ad infinitum or yeah. list stew. And it's the same ad running on both, but it's shared impressions between the two. Maybe 20,000 on ours, 20,000 on his. One buy. Ad read type, insertion type, delivery type. Lots of room to play around with those and figure out, you know, how they contribute into your overall ad strategy. People throw around programmatic a lot. And I'm not, I, I have done a lot of programmatic advertising in the digital space, but I, I can't say that I fundamentally understand fully how it sort of contributes in the podcast space. I know, I think my biggest piece of confusion is a lot of people interchange programmatic and DAI. And, I, and from my understanding, and correct me if I'm wrong, they are similar. They should fall under the same umbrella where they are. It's dynamically inserted. It's not baked in. But from my understanding, when programmatic is actually like the method and the auction buying of it and, and how it goes about actually inserting that where it, it's a little bit more autonomous because it has the data behind it to understand who and, and to determine who it's going to deliver these impressions to. Yeah. So if you follow the little web flow that is in our imagination right now, you would ask the question of okay, programmatic, where does this fall in? 
first off, it's going to be a pre-produced ad. It could theoretically be an announcer read or a host read ad, but it's an ad file that the brand is typically providing. Similar to like Facebook, you have a creative that you want to now go and distribute across a, a series of different people's feeds on Facebook or Instagram, wherever it is. This is a form of programmatic buying mm -hmm. at some level. On the audio side of things, this is typically done through server side. So you are not going necessarily to the podcaster or to the people that sell the podcast directly, but it is through an ad exchange platform in which these podcasters sign up for. And so you are buying through a platform that has inventory access to all of these shows. So Megaphone, for example, does programmatic buying. And if you are a podcaster on Megaphone, you could set up markers for programmatic ads that fall under basically what would be like a waterfall system. Uh -huh. So first you can flag that like, first we wanna put our own DAI ads here first. And if those don't get filled, open this inventory to programmatic inventory in which can be bought on like a bidding exchange mm -hmm. where brands can say, I wanna buy 100,000 impressions reaching users that are between 18 to 25 male dominant in these areas. And it will then try to deliver those impressions to those people across a suite of shows. It could be any show out there. You have no idea what show you're running on. It's just a large exchange of delivery that's going Okay. On. Okay. So, so it's done through a platform that the is per side. Yes. Okay. Great. So like trade desk is an example, right? Exactly. For yeah. So they're, they have a network and inventory across a bunch of different shows. And if I'm an advertiser wanting to run programmatic ads, I wouldn't go to that show I want to buy on. I would go to Trade Desk. I would give them the ad. I would say, here's a targeting, here's a bar budget, blah, blah. And then they go and do their thing and determine. And um, at the end of the day, put the ads wherever it's based on the actual auction and ad serving side. Totally. And in the thing with this model is you get to control all the dials mm. that go into it. So you have the creative that you are providing, you are putting in the impressions, you can set the frequencies, you can do all that sort of good stuff that most buyers that come from like a digital buying landscape really like to have. It's not traditional podcast ad buying, but it is very much more the modern take on, on how podcasting will probably likely look in the future based on the trajectory of things like Facebook and Google and other platforms mm -hmm. that have accrued mass, mass dollars. And, and the unique thing about, especially in other, you know, channels outside of podcasting and stuff about programmatic is that they have data. I mean, they're big data aggregators. They have a lot, incredible amount of inventory. So when you're buying programmatic display ads, you're using, you know, AT&T's company that I think they just sold. I forget what his name um, is, but, you know, they they have access to all of these data sources, again, to make those, you know, um, automated and algorithmic decisions in terms of where they're placing those ads based on, you know, improving performance. Okay. So that's awesome. That totally makes sense. Let's step back a minute. So we've gone through ad read types, we've gone through insertion types, delivery, and then even like the actual like serving in strategies and technology of actually having those dynamically inserted ads. Some other general terms that I think get thrown around that would be helpful to hear your perspective on. The first one, a mate good. Adam, I mean, that, and that's what we are here. We make better, we don't make good. But when, and make good was a term I had never heard. I had never heard it and maybe I'd heard it once in the influencer space for like general TikTok and Instagram stuff. But it's a term that is used a lot in podcasting. And I've also heard the same term be described as like added value. So can you walk me through, is there a difference between those two and, and what what is that really um, talking about? Yeah, so there are different things and I don't like that they get used interchangeably, but there would be three types of terms that often get interchanged. There's a bonus, an added value, and a make good. And they are not the same things. Mm -hmm. And so a make good is when something has basically fallen apart on a contractual sense, and the publisher is obligated to then make good on that mistake by releasing another episode or adding additional impressions or whatever it is to make good on the fault in the contract. 
Hmm. So it is a contractual obligation for them to make good on something or a mistake. Okay. Uh, an added value is when, say, typically it's usually more performance related, or maybe the ad just wasn't amazing and they really just want to re retain that advertiser and that money that's coming in. So they might say, hey, you know what, Amelia, uh, we really love your brand. We want to make this as fruitful for you as possible. So you come back and re renew. We want to give you a bonus episode or an added value to an already existing campaign. And a bonus is typically something that is pre-negotiated into a deal at the beginning of the deal where you say, we're going to buy three episodes and we would like to get one free. And so that would mm. be a buy three, get one bonus free. So it's a bonus episode that was part of the contracts. Pre-negotiated. Typically okay. pre-negotiated is how okay. I like to define the separation between a bonus and an added value. A bonus is something pre-negotiated and added value is something post-negotiated. So make good already like contractually obligated. They said the wrong promo code. They owe them another episode. It, it can be a number of things. So like if I negotiate in contract, hey, we we want to make sure that we're estimating this episode will hit 100,000 downloads, but it only hit 50,000 in our contract. We might have said it needs to hit at least 80% of the estimated impressions. We need to make good on that to get us above that bar of 80% of the estimated impressions within a certain time frame, whatever it is. Or, oh, you said a no-no word in the ad read that was in our list of do not say these words. We need to make good. So then added value is usually something that wasn't pre-negotiated. But for instance, like you said, it, it happens a lot in the performance-based side. So a new advertiser comes in. The show obviously wants them to renew and continue buying. Maybe they had, you know, they were expecting this level of performance. They were expecting a, you know, CPA of this and a ROAS of this. They didn't hit that. This is something that then the show could be like, hey, we, we do believe that this can perform for whatever reasons it doesn't, it didn't. So let's give you another 50,000 impressions or let's give you, let's post something about this episode or you're, you're on our social channels. That is something that, again, the network would do maybe in good favor to, you know, help the advertiser out and to continue, you know, having that strong existing relationship that they would do in order to, again, increase all of those things and, and provide that value. Yeah, exactly. Cool. And then bonus already pre-negotiated. It's sort of a, hey, if we do five, you're going to throw in a newsletter. Or if we do three, you're going to throw yeah. in an episode. Okay. That, that's my terminology yeah. that I use to separate AV and bonus, at least on our in internal reporting stuff. Other agencies and other buyers yeah. might have a different way of using those. They're probably a little bit more interchangeable, but an AV and a bonus is not a main AV. And that, that okay. is probably the clearest And thing. then AV added value, another good, you know, acronym that is important to know. Okay, so we've talked about this other one a couple times, but I think, again, it could it could use sort of like a refresh simulcast. Obviously, it's sort of in the name. It's simulcast or it, it's simultaneously two things. Tell me what that means and how you think about simulcast stuff. Yeah, so video has become a very big uh, element to the podcast industry, especially over the recent years, as YouTube has very much taken over a lot of the, the podcast industry and listenership. So a simulcast is a podcast that is both casted audi audibly through like Spotify, whatever their hosting platform is to, you know, Apple, Google, rest in peace, whatever it is that they're listening on. Uh, and then if there's a video component, that would be the simul part of it. It's simultaneously video casted to a streaming platform that does video. Generally speaking, this would be YouTube, but it could be Rumble. It could be Twitch. It could be wherever they listen to. But there is simultaneously a video and an audio broadcast of this show. And mm -hmm. so you can watch it or you can listen to it. And those are the two options that you have. Super interesting that it doesn't just have to be YouTube either. Like I said, like you said, Twitch, that's an issue one or Rumble or, you know, even other other video platforms. OK, so simulcast or simultaneously casted. Do simulcasts like always have the same ads in them? Can they 
differ? Do they always have to be an audio and a video episode or are there shows that will do one or the other sometimes? Totally. And, and that is where it is so nuanced and unique. Every creator is going to do it a little bit differently. I think across the board for the most part, if a brand is doing episodic ads on their audio, they will probably put them on the video as well. And that gets bundled together as one buy. Some shows do audio separate from YouTube. Some shows don't do any ads on their YouTube and only do them on the audio or vice versa. And then on YouTube, you're competing with uh, YouTube AdSense, like Google AdSense buying that's going on there too. So there's already ads on there. There's a series of different nuances. But I think generally speaking, you will find very similar ads on the YouTube as you will on the audio okay. in most cases. Not all of them. Anything I'm missing from just the general terms, things that you think people should know, acronyms or non? Oh, gosh, there's probably a, a ton was, that yes. you probably... We, we could dive into like broadcast calendars like awesome. from the strict like ad insertion type of ad delivery i think we've covered most of the bases until until brian barletta listens and he tells me oh you forgot about this one sorry brian i apologize <laughs> i'm sure that there's a few that i've forgotten but i think that should cover most of the bases in terms of at least the ad systems let's go to kpi so i in particular have a, a couple obviously and and again, maybe we can run through these CPA, CAC, ROAS, you know, CPM. I think most people should probably know that, especially if you're getting in the podcast space because you've bought on other channels, right? So it's cost per acquisition, sometimes interchangeable with CAC, cost per customer acquisition costs, ROAS, return on ad spend, and then CPM cost per thousand impressions, basically. Let's talk about a couple others specifically that are related to like, and that I've seen you use a lot when it comes to understanding if a podcast is doing well, optimizing and figuring out those sorts of next steps. So I could probably share my my contrast, my script dashboard, but let's just run through them and we can do that if need be. So let's put our, you know, in in the Podscribe dashboard brains on and some of the KPIs we have access to. Let's talk about visitors and visit. What is what is a visitor a visitor? What is a visit? What is a visitor percentage? What is a visit percentage? So a visitor, first off, is a unique individual and a visit is the number of times they have visited to the website, typically within a particular time frame. So Amelia, if you come to my website and you have come one time, you are one visitor. If you come again, you have visited twice, but you are still one visitor. So you can okay. never have more visitors than you have visits, but there can often be more visits than visitors because people can come back to the website time and time again, and that would quantify it as multiple visits. On a website. Okay, so in, in the other digital marketing world, when you're like looking at it, Google Analytics and stuff, these things are called something different. So a unique visitor is what it like, where it's, again, the individual counts of people that came to the website, that is the visitor. In the sessions is what Google Analytics calls it, would be the visits. So the number, it's not about the unique people, it's about the number of sessions that happen on that website. And that's in Podscribe and in a lot of the podcast advertising space. That's what we refer to as visits. Correct. Okay. So Great. when it comes to the percentages, then that is typically weighed against the unique number of listeners or or the impressions. Uh, and there you can measure it either way because there can be more impressions than there are unique listeners because people might come back and re-download an episode or They've downloaded multiple, et cetera, et cetera. Gets a little nuanced. But for the simplicity of it, the visitor conversion percentage is just the number of visitors divided by the total number of listeners to give you the ratio or the conversion rate of from your ad file being heard or downloaded on this episode, how many people came to your website. And that is indicative of typically how good was the ad read at convincing people to go to your website, at least at some level. 
okay. a lot of levers within there that can be pulled. Is it the right audience? So on, so on. But generally speaking, that's a pretty good indicator. Okay, cool. And, yeah. that, and that would be considered sort of like a top, a top funnel, top of funnel. Yeah, yeah right. It's, it's like, we're not talking about conversions. We're just trying to see how successful this ad read was in getting people to visit the website. And so we're going to yep. look at that percentage to see early on results. Are, are people even going to the website? Because if they get, can't, they don't go to the website, they won't convert. So you would use that, especially early on when you're buying on a new podcast or with a new advertiser to just see what that visit visit percentage would be the just number of times over impressions that people visit the website and then visitor percentage would be the unique people that went to the website. And so when you're calculating visitor percentage, because that's the unique individuals, you and I go and we only visit the website once, it's going to be lower than the visits. Are you, is it, is it usually under like divided by impressions or should it be divided by the unique listeners because it's a unique number? You could do it either way, as long as you're measuring the same way. I think I, I talked with another buyer in this space and she had a great piece of wisdom to offer in all forms of measurement in an offline medium. The way you measure is less important than sticking to the exact way that you measure. And okay. so as long as you are using the same benchmark across the show, that can be very, very helpful or across your whole campaign. So don't change the way you do it for each. I do think fundamentally it is better to probably do it off of the unique listeners or the unique downloads, but that does get convoluted the more episodes you run on a show because you're only hitting the same number of listeners every time, but you're hitting them at a higher frequency. So Brilliant. that can very much impact the impressions versus listeners numbers and skew things. You just have to, you have to take everything yeah. with a little bit of a grain of salt. A grain okay. of salt. So then let's talk about another KPI that Podscribe sort of like has, and, and I know you've used a lot, which is visitor conversion percentage, because then there's conversion rate, but we're still in sort of top of funnel metrics. Maybe it's a little more mid funnel, but what is visitor conversion percentage or visitor conversion rate? So if you're a Shopify brand or you're in e-commerce, this is the layman's term for your conversion rate, on-site conversion rate. So when a uh, hundred people come to your website, how many of them are actually making a purchase at the end of the day? That is your visitor conversion percentage. So if I have 100 people and five of them buy on after coming through to your website, there's a 5% conversion rate or visitor conversion rate to actually making a purchase or whatever you set up your lead tag to be. If it's a sign up or whatever mm -hmm. you want to set it to, it could be whatever. But generally speaking for an e-com brand, it would be to make a purchase at the end of the day. Okay. And so that's, that's your visitor conversion percentage. And you can measure that against your own online e-com uh, conversion percentages okay. and use that as a good benchmark. Okay. So then in that case, again, comparing to sort of digital marketing channels, it almost sounds like visit and visitor percentages are, are more closely related to like, like click through rate, right? Like how many people actually clicked through the ad and, and then went to the website? How many people actually heard the ad and then went to the website? And then when you're looking at that conversion rate, again, it's, it's, you can look at how, out of all the impressions, how many people converted, but even more granular than that, you can get into out of how many the sessions or how many of the visitors actually converted and you would you would use that why like why is that an important metric it's pretty indicative of whether or not we hit the right audience or not the right audience so i would use the visitor percentage number so how many people came to the website as a qualifier to say was this ad read good and did we hit the right people with it was it compelling enough to get them to the website and then when they got to the website did they end up purchasing were they the right people that we sent Yay. to the website and that's or were they directed to the right landing page, right? Like did did yeah, did once they were interested in the product after hearing the ad, they visited the website, was the actual e-com experience or whatever good enough? Like that could be another lever they could pull to improve mm -hmm. that 
performance and specifically that KPI, visitor conversion percentage. We got them to the website. We know that they resonate with the ad. We know that they're at least somewhat of the target audience. But what what did they do after they actually got to the website? Did they convert? Totally. Exactly. So that's the visitor conversion rate. And then lastly, there's another metric that Podscribe offers, which is just the conversion percentage. And that is total number of conversions weighed against the total number of impressions. So that eliminates, it's just showing the full funnel conversion. Yep. So you might have a show that's really bad at getting people to the website, but exceptionally good at converting them when they get there. And so you have a decent conversion percentage at the end of funnel. And you might have the opposite where you have a show that's amazing at getting people to the website, but none of them purchase. Mm -hmm. And also, but maybe balances out to have the same visitor, same conversion percentage at the end of the funnel. Each one of those KPIs is going to tell you and, and give you an, an insight into what you should be optimizing for, right? Again, exactly. we go back to like, is it the website? We Our ad got people to the website. Did our website get, do a good job of converting them? Or did they know enough once they got to the website just from the ad or the number of ads they've heard to actually be convinced to purchase? And so using those metrics and looking at how they differ and what, what it is and stuff not only tells you more about like your internal like podcast advertising strategies, we can also just determine where you should be sort of like moving levers in terms of improving performance. Yeah, there, there's so much optimization in those numbers. There, there's some of my favorite numbers to look at regularly. Yeah, I mean, you love them. And I, I think they're so interesting. And, and, and it's so cool that you can get access to that level of data, too, because, I mean, you can't just look at ROAS and CPA and, and conversion rate and stuff, which, again, the conversion percentage is conversion rate in most other channels. Totally. And, and particularly, these numbers are much more important for brands that have a little bit more of a, a lag in their purchase window time. So if you're a higher AOV product, you want to be paying attention to these numbers as good indicators as to going in the right direction. If I'm selling a $5,000 unit, or a product, people probably aren't going to buy that after one ad, but are they getting to the website and are they visiting multiple times? That's a good lead indicator to say that this we're warming up this audience. They're getting hot and they just haven't started purchasing yet. So let's pay attention to that. And you might see another show and you go, oh, nobody's even checking out the website after the ad. So eh, probably not the right, probably not huh. the right show. I didn't think about the AOV side of that, but you're totally right because you wouldn't want to measure those differently just because we are a $5,000 mattress company or something and we didn't have the highest conversion rate. We Those people might have needed to hear the ad multiple times and we can tell that based on, you know, how high the, the visit per, or the visitor percentage is. Two more that are really interesting, net new reach and net new reach percentage. So this, again, is something Podscribe uniquely offers, but how? what are those in your mind? How do you use them and, and how are they different from the other metrics? If I wanted to reach a brand new audience, let's say I'm a mature advertiser and I've been in this space for a while and it's starting to get a little saturated, I'm going to start to want to look for new audiences to warm up and to find new untapped audiences that have never heard my ads before. And thankfully, now that the pixel is being used across quite a few networks and shows, and now that we built up campaigns, we can now see how many people of that show's audience have never heard an ad for my brand before and that are genuinely new listeners and that are getting a new touch point. And so we can take that audience with a grain of salt and say, oh, that audience might actually take a little bit more warming up because they're a new audience. So let's give them a little bit more time to warm up and then start purchasing. Inversely, you might see a show that you test onto that is very low net new reach. And so you're like, oh, well, we've already hit this audience 10 times over through all the other shows that we work on. Maybe this show isn't that much of a value add unless we're looking at it for retargeting purposes, which could be valuable, but that would be the way you would look at it. So net new reach just implies how many of this audience are new listeners that have not heard an ad for your brand before. And that okay. can lead you in one of two directions. You might want that and, or you uh -huh. might not want that. 
It's well, and that can inform again those KPIs. If you're looking at visitor, you know, a visitor percentage or visitor to conversion rate or conversion rate, and you're like, why are these so low? If you then looked at your net new reach percentage and you saw that 70, you know, there was only a 30% net new reach. And so 70% of the people that heard the ad were actually have heard your ad somewhere else that might, again, go into explaining why that performance looks that way so that you don't go down the wrong rabbit hole and try to optimize mm -hmm. something else. So all things that you should be taking consideration when, in, when you're looking at sort of the full funnel and again, answering those questions, how's my ad doing? How could it do better? And, and what do I need to, you know, sort of pull in order to improve it? Yeah, exactly. Any other KPIs that you think are really important that we should go through? I think the the major ones, aside from that, are just the standard econ metrics, like your cost for acquisition, everything that you already had mentioned. Those are the main things that I would pay attention to. I think the only other one that is very valuable, that's a newer insight that you can get now via Podscribe, is looking at the conversion rates as it relates to frequency of the delivery mm -hmm. of a show. So that's one of my favorite tabs to pay attention to within Podscribe now these days is how many ads on average does it take for a consumer or a listener of that show to convert at their most optimal amount or the mm -hmm. highest conversion potential. And so for a lot of brands, you'll see that, especially for a higher AOV brand, it might take three to four episodes before you start to hit optimal conversion rates for a show. And so that can be a good indicator, especially as you gain more data to have more confidence in early metrics on the show, that if you see a show, oh, we're 30% to goal after episode one, but we know that historically most of our shows hit peak performance or peak conversion after the third episode. And we know that they typically jump 30% in performance after each additional episode. Now we have confidence to keep pursuing this relationship with the show because we know the track record shows that we should hit goal after third episode. It all factors into like, yeah. again, one of the unique things about podcast advertising is that it's like, Adam, you always say this, it's relationship-based. It's influencer marketing. It's it's all a conversation. And so, yes, there are ways people do things and there are ways people don't. But at the end of the day, have understanding all of these things, again, goes back to what are those different levers that I can pull to improve performance? And, and how do I even go about understanding what levers there are from a podcast ad standpoint that, you know, it is really different from other digital marketing channels. It's one of the most unique channels. My, my famous way of, of talking about podcast advertising, it's the most smartly stupid and stupidly smart channel that you can advertise on because it's uniquely digital and offline all at the same time. And it doesn't do anything perfect, but it does everything pretty good. So you, you kind of have to learn to walk through the mess with yeah. a subtle sense of confidence, but also a lot of curiosity to just learn and figure it out along the way. Yeah. I don't know everything. If anyone in the podcast advertising industry that tells you that they do, they're, they're wrong. Like mm -hmm. nothing is that, that clear cut and dry mm -hmm. yet, mm -hmm. maybe in the future. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. We are all working as an industry on standardization. We're definitely going to have to do another episode like this. And thank you again, Adam, for being so articulate off the cuff and not knowing anything about what this episode was going to be or what KPIs in terms I was going to throw at you. Hey, I, if, if you live and breathe this world like I do, I feel like you kind of have to know everything. Well, that concludes today's episode of Make Better. Let us know if you have any feedback. If you want to be a guest on the show, you've got some industry insights to provide. You want to review some ad reads. We've got a form for that. Please see the show links and, and the notes and all of that. And yeah, just, just go and make better. Just do it.